In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Part of the most beautiful tradition surrounding Christmas Eve is the retelling of the story we just heard from the Gospel according to St. Luke. It is the story of the shepherds, the angels, the Virgin Mary, and the babe lying in the manger. It is a familiar story to many of us, and we wait to hear it again each year with fresh ears. Usually, when we come to this point of the liturgy, the sermon, the focus is on the shepherds being outside of the city, watching their flock and hearing the message of the angel and the singing of glory to God in the highest, and then their subsequent journey into Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass. But tonight, rather than focusing on the shepherds or the choirs of angels or the Blessed Virgin Mary, I would like for us to focus our attention somewhere else. Actually, on something else. Instead of looking to the characters of the story, I would like for all of us in our minds to creep down into the stable and to have a look around until we happen to find the manger. I want us to spend a little time this evening pondering the manger. Firstly, we need to know what a manger is. It is a feeding trough used by cattle, sheep, sometimes even goats. It is a place not to put only hay, but even grain or silage to keep it off the ground so the food doesn't spoil on a damp floor or is trodden on by both animals and humans alike. It is a place where we put food, and not only food, but good food for animals to eat. We typically picture a wooden manger, but some mangers were carved out of stone, particularly if the stable was really a small cave. Mangers are sturdy devices, and they need to be if the sheep or the cattle start a little raucous in the barn. It's in a manger where Mary and Joseph lay the Christ child, a safe, dry, protected place for so small and precious a gift. But perhaps St. Luke is, telling, is trying to tell us something more, trying to help us realize something rather significant about who Jesus is. And... By mentioning that Mary and Joseph placed him in the manger, St. Luke is inviting us to look just a little bit closer at who Jesus is. Jesus is placed in a feeding trough. Jesus is placed where food is provided by someone else. And Jesus, as the Gospels explore in varied ways, is seen feeding people. 5,000 in one account, 4,000 in another. Jesus is shown to be the food given to feed not only our souls, but the world. And it is this same Jesus, this same God and man incarnate, who invites us to come this night and to dine not just with him, but to quite literally feed on him in this Holy Eucharist. Another clue that is given to us about who Jesus is in relationship to our needs in this world 
is the name of the place where he is born. Bethlehem, sometimes we call it the city of David, but Bethlehem is a Hebrew word. And when you translate it into English, it means house of bread. This city where our Savior was born is not only the place where bread is kneaded and baked for one region, giving life and sustenance to a few villages and people, but now this city, this house of bread, is the birthplace of the king who gives his very life, and he gives us the bread of life, and he gives himself for the life of the world. We will remember and recall in a few minutes the words of Jesus at his last supper where he gives his disciples bread that has been blessed and broken and says to them, this is my body. Here in Bethlehem, in a feeding trough, lies none other than God. And God is born to give us life, and not just life, but abundant life, even eternal life, by the offering of himself. Part of what makes this night so different than all the other nights of the year is the meaning of why we gather here in a church, and at least this year on a rather bitterly cold night, we come to celebrate a baby born 2,000 years ago. But this is no ordinary baby. We see in this child the creator of the universe who says to us from the manger, it is I who gives you life. So often in our world and in our culture, we yearn with appetites that are always unsatisfied, looking for something to fill us to make us feel whole, to make us feel important, to give us some sort of worth. Try as we might, the hungers of our souls are never satisfied. They never find rest. They're never put at ease by the things of this world. Oh yes, there might be the momentary sense of being happy and full, but then our desires move on from something else to something new or to something more and wealth and power and prestige and fame and the constant accumulation of just more stuff and all of that is like more junk food that may quench our appetites for a little while before our next full meal but they wreak havoc on our health when they're eaten as a steady diet. We recoil in horror as we watch our world today being torn by violence and war in Ukraine and despotic regimes that brutalize their own people in Afghanistan and Iran and Central and South America and in some of the African countries. And then this year, we remember this night the violence that shook Uvalde, a city rather close to us. And the very world groans and cries out at these injustices. And we too sometimes cry up to heaven and ask, why? Why? And the honest answer 
The answer that has proven itself time and time again is because we find ourselves ravenish for more and more and more. The psalmist writes about the wicked as those people who devour others just like they were eating bread. There is nothing of this world that can satisfy our souls and the very depths of our being. Only this child lying in a manger who feeds us with his very self can provide fulfillment and that fulfillment transforms us no matter where we happen to be. And it takes us to the place where heaven and earth are truly one. Candy bars and potato chips can only get us so far. Tonight the world is blessed with a banquet and it's waiting for us. And what we find there is the sweetest, most delicious and nourishing food that we could possibly imagine. And it is given freely without cost. And just as the manger is a place where good food is provided to cattle, Jesus is not only good food, but the best food, the only food that satisfies our desires. Jesus lying in the manger is a reminder to us that only he can provide our souls the food needed to prevent us from starving on our own pride, ego, and self-absorption. Come to this manger this evening, this place where the bread of life came into the world, and feed on that which this newborn king was born to give. Come to this altar, and learn about the supreme love of God given to us not only this night, but for all eternity. Come and let this newborn baby show you what self-giving love and sacrifice looks like when it's God himself who gives it. Come and be fed by the only begotten one who alone in all the world is able to say to us, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never be hungry, and whoever believes in me shall never be thirsty. Some words from Phillips Brooks Carol, O little town of Bethlehem. How silent. How silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming. But in this world of sin where meek souls will receive him. Still the dear Christ enters in. I wish all of you a very happy Christmas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.